You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. for your own good not to restrict you but that you may live in a right way in undivided devotion to the Lord and in the context especially verses 29 to 31 that I read a minute ago whether married single happy sad whatever your circumstance in life what he's saying is be devoted to the Lord be single-minded for the Lord and it's a challenge It can be so easy to get caught up in the cares of this world, but no matter what's taking up your time, even if it's good things that you're doing, like taking care of your family and going to work, don't let that pull you away from spending time with God. In today's message, Pastor Danny will explain that it is possible to strive to please God and also to take care of the things in your life. Just make sure that you're keeping God as your first and main priority. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 7 as he begins his message, Singleness and Single-Mindedness. Mark's Gospel, chapter 10. Jesus then left that place and went into the region of Judea and across the Jordan. Again, crowds of people came to him, and as was his custom, he taught them. Some Pharisees came and tested him by asking, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? What did Moses command you? He replied. They said Moses permitted a man to write a certificate of divorce and send her away. It was because your hearts were hard that Moses wrote you this law. But at the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife. And the two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one. Therefore, what God has joined together, let not man separate. But not just marriage, relationships. And this is our springboard text. I'm very thankful to be married, very thankful to be married to Wendy. Some people want to be married, just not to their spouse. (laughs) That's just the way it is. I found that some people who are married now want to be single, and most single people I talk to want to be married. The irony of that is some people now married who want to be single were the very ones who couldn't wait to get married. Our text for today, springboarding from Mark chapter 10, is 1 Corinthians chapter 7. 1 Corinthians chapter 7. And you want to pick it up in verse 27. 
And Paul asked the question, are you married? Are you married? Don't seek a divorce. Are you unmarried? Now, the unmarried is a word that means loose from a spouse. So you could be um, never married, uh, married and divorced, married and widowed. Do not look for a wife. But if you do marry, you have not sinned. Those of us married, that makes us feel a lot better. And if a virgin marries, she has not sinned. But those who marry will face many troubles in this life. And I want to spare you this. What I mean, brothers, is that the time is short. Now, what he means by that, I believe, in the context of Scripture, is the time is short because the Bible tells us that our life is but a mist that appears just for a short amount of time and then it's gone. And let me tell you, as I'm approaching 60, it's going fast. When the kids were young, people would say, they don't grow up, uh, they grow up so fast. And I would go, they don't grow up that fast. And now I'm going, they grow up so fast. I mean, it's going fast. Time is short. And we're going to live in eternity. From now on, those who have wives should live as if they had none. Don't misunderstand that. (laughs) Read it in the context. Those who mourn as if they did not. Those who are happy as if they were not. Those who buy something as if it were not theirs to keep. Why? Because you ain't going to take it with you. Those who use the things of this world as if not engrossed in them. For this world in its present form is passing away. Now, what is he saying? What he's saying is, whatever your circumstance in life, you're married, you're single, you're happy, you're sad, you're mourning, you're broke, you're rich, you're in between, whatever your circumstance, be single-minded for the Lord. Because this world is just a blip. Paul wished that everyone could be like him. Go back, chapter 7, verse 7. I wish that all men were as I am, but each man has his own gift from God. One has this gift, another has that. Pause there. What is he talking about? Keep a marker, 1 Corinthians 7. Go to Matthew Chapter 19. Matthew chapter 19. It's the same thing that we've springboarded from in Mark chapter 10, but Matthew adds a little extra to it. And this is what I want you to see. Matthew 19, Jesus replied, verse 8, Moses permitted you to divorce your wives because your hearts were hard, but it was not this way from the beginning. It wasn't God's will. So I tell you, anyone who divorces his wife except for marital unfaithfulness and marries another woman commits adultery. And the disciples said to him, if this is the situation between a husband and a wife, it's better not to marry. In other words, if that's the only out, it's better not to get in it. And Jesus replied, this is what Mark doesn't add, and we need to hear. Not everyone can accept this word. What word? To never get married but only 
those to whom it has been given. And so from this verse, some Christians and in, in the church, they call this the gift of singleness. For some are eunuchs because they were born that way. No choice. Others were made that way by men. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Hananiah, Azariah, Mishael, that's their Hebrew names. They were made eunuchs by Babylon. And others have renounced marriage, personal decision, because of the kingdom of heaven. The one who can, who can accept this should accept it. If you have the gift of singleness. Now, go back to 1 Corinthians 7 and look what else Paul says. The Bible is so practical. Listen to this practical segment as if the others haven't been practical. They have been. But 1 Corinthians 7 Verse 32, I would like you to be free from concern. That's why he says, I wish that all men were like me. Now, scholars believe that Paul was at one time married. We don't know that for sure, but they believe he was one time married. Whether he widowed or whether his wife left him after he committed his life to Christ, we don't know. But he says, I wish everybody could be single like me. Why? Well, that's what he's talking about. Verse 32, I'd like you to be free from concern. An unmarried man is concerned about the Lord's affairs. Obviously, he's talking about someone who wants to please the Lord, a single-minded person for the Lord, how he can please the Lord. But a married man is concerned about the affairs of this world, how he can please his wife. Not that that's wrong. It's just part of a responsibility of a husband, and even more so for a Christian husband. And his interests are divided. He can't just do what he wants to do when he wants to do it. God calls him to, you know, somewhere, and you got to think about the wife. And if you got kids, got to think about the kids. And his interests are divided. An unmarried woman or virgin is concerned about the Lord's affairs. Her aim is to be devoted to the Lord in both body and spirit. But a married woman is concerned about the affairs of this world, how she can please her husband. Hallelujah. I'm saying this for your own good, not to restrict you, but that you may live in a right way in undivided devotion to the Lord. And in the context, especially verses 29 to 31 that I read a minute ago, whether married, single, happy, sad, whatever your circumstance in life, what he's saying is be devoted to the Lord, be single-minded for the Lord. And it's a challenge. My first year as a young Christian, I stayed away from girls altogether. I lived an immoral lifestyle for years. Now I'd purified my life and God had helped me to purify my life. And I knew I needed to stay away from the opposite sex. And I did completely for the first year. But it was more than just the, the wanting to stay sexually pure. I didn't want anybody else to take priority in my life. I wanted Jesus to be number one. A few months into my Christian life, I ended up at Liberty Baptist College, now Liberty University, and a bunch of my newfound bros started a club that I quickly joined. It was called the BTTR Club. They started the club because all of us believed that the rapture of the church was going to take place uh, soon. 
We knew in our lifetime and we believed in the next few years, maybe even before we graduated college. And so when they started and invited me to join the BTTR club, I said, no problem. And I joined because we knew the rapture was going to happen soon. BTTR club stands for bachelors to the rapture. And I'm no longer in the club. (laughs) Haven't been for 30 plus years. As far as I know, most of the guys that were in the club with me are not in the club anymore. Now, I wonder, please don't raise your hands. Please don't raise your hands. If anyone listening is committed to staying single for the Lord for the rest of your life. I was. (laughs) Didn't work out that way. I wonder if anyone thinks Christian now they're going to unwillingly stay single for the rest of their life. You want to be married, but things just aren't working out. And the question, do you have the gift of singleness? Now, here's what I used to think about that gift. I used to think if you have as a Christian the gift of singleness, Matthew 19, what Jesus is talking about, not everybody can accept this word, you know, but if you can accept it. And some of it is is a personal decision. That's what he said there in Matthew 19. Some have renounced marriage for the kingdom of God. And I used to think if you have the gift of singleness, you won't struggle with loneliness and desiring romance. Boy, was I wrong. It's just not, not reality. Gladys Allward was a British Christian missionary to China years ago. Her story is told in the book, The Small Woman. Gladys dedicated her life to God at a revival service in London in 1930. Soon afterward, with less than $10 in her handbag, she set out for China to help an aging missionary with her work. After a perilous journey by train, bus, ship, and mule, Gladys arrived in the city of Yangchen. And there she helped this missionary turn an old building into an inn. Whenever travelers came to the inn, these women gave them food and lodging, using this as an opportunity to tell them about Jesus Christ. Gladys learned Chinese. And after being so committed, the woman she went to help died and left Gladys to run the inn. Gladys met, became friends with a Welch missionary couple in a nearby town, and when she saw how happy they were as a husband and wife, she realized how lonely she was. And so she began to pray for a husband. Specifically, she prayed for an Englishman. After two years of praying, Gladys confided to a friend, I know God answers prayers, so I believe he's told my Englishman to come to China. But he must not have obeyed God's call. 1938, Japan invaded China. The city of Yangchen was bombed. Gladys Allward gathered 94 orphans and led them on a harrowing 12-day trek over the mountains and finally to safety. Her story was later made into a movie starring the older people will know this actress, Ingrid, Ingrid Bergman. It was produced in 1958 by 20th Century Fox. It was called The End of the Sixth Happiness. Gladys died a single woman in 1970, having never found her Englishman. She would later write that she was sometimes lonely 
but she was never alone. Now, I don't know what God has for you. He didn't have singleness for me, and I'm thankful. Canadian-born hymn writer Edith Margaret Clarkson. She wrote hymns like, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. The Wonderful Cross and others. She struggled with her singleness in her early years. Like most girls, she had a glowing mental image of her wedding day from an early age. In time, she realized that God had called her to a single life. Though reluctant at first, she ultimately embraced her singleness as a gift from God. To be single and remain single-minded for the Lord is a great challenge. Some people don't know because we've been around for a long time now. And the church has grown more than I ever thought it would numerically. But in the early days, the first three years of my pastorate in this church, I was single. And the few that were there in those days might think I was, I was, I was injected with some kind of special spiritual juice to be a single pastor. That is not true. I spent a lot of lonely nights walking on the beach, driving around, longing for someone. And of course, I had the, you know, my fault, but engaged three times to my now wife. What in the world was I thinking? I wasn't thinking clearly. Here's what you need to understand. The gospel is a love story. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, and that son became a bridegroom. Not became, has always been. The eternal bridegroom. And we are his bride, the church. He wooed us. He won us. So whenever you feel that longing for romance, and I'm especially talking to the singles here, that's a God thing. Don't feel guilty about it. And even some who unwillingly had the gift of singleness. Doesn't mean that they never were lonely or long for love. It's a God-given thing. The gospel is a love story. Romance comes from heaven. Well, so does the sexual desire. Hell didn't create the sexual desire. God did. The challenge in our fallen nature is to get outside, is getting outside the will of God. Because we don't remain single-minded for the Lord. I'm so proud of my kids. Despite my mistakes, thank God for my wife. But, you know, she's made a couple of mistakes. I've counted them over the years. (laughs) Not nearly as many as me, but she's made some. But despite our imperfection... By the grace and mercy of God, we look at our kids and we're so proud of all of them. See my son playing the drums and he's become a better drummer than I ever was. Our oldest, Tanner. In preparing for this message, I thought about him. I asked my wife if she'd help me find a page of the yearbook, his senior year at Lakewood High School. And she helped me find it and here it is, a copy of it. And at first, I was just going to read what he wrote, but then as I was finalizing my notes and looking over things, I happened to notice the left side, which I've read before, and this is one of his classmates, and the whole page is about beliefs, beliefs. 
I believe in Hinduism and beliefs that are consistent with Hindu beliefs. That's not my son. That's his classmate. How do you further your beliefs? Well, we visit temples or invite priests to our house for our prayer rituals called pujas. What is the main idea of your belief? There's one universal God that can be worshipped in many forms. People are souls on a quest for salvation, for doing what is good, which takes place over many lives, which is reincarnation. This is governed by karma, which is essentially what comes around goes around. Why do you believe this? Hinduism is a very open religion calling all humanity good and equal. It is a universal spirituality. It is what I believe a religion should be, a philosophy on our ways of life. And then right opposite that is my son. What do you believe in? I believe that God came to earth as a man, Jesus Christ, and died on a cross for the sins of the world, rose again three days later, and offers mankind salvation through it as recorded in the Bible. That's my boy. How do you further your beliefs? Pray, read the Bible, attend church, and try my best to tell others about Christ. It's a senior at Lakewood High School. What is the main idea of your belief? Jesus made the perfect sacrifice for all mankind's sins, and if you believe with your heart and confess with your mouth that he is Lord, you shall be saved. Why do you believe this? The Bible is God's word to mankind, time-tested and true despite all man's criticisms. And then they gave him an opportunity for comments, and here's his comments. I wish I had done better representing my faith here at Lakewood. A relationship with Jesus is a relationship with the God of the universe who created everyone uniquely. Jesus is the answer to any problem you may have in your life. Just call out to him and he'll be sure to answer. That makes a father proud. But then came the day. that my wife and I in one car and our son Tanner in his car. Followed him to Orlando, Florida, where he's going to begin University of Central Florida. And as a pastor, I've seen many Christian young people go off to college, especially if it's not Christian college, and some relationship, romantic relationship, pulls them away. Or some kooky professor with all kind of intellects that know, really knows nothing about God and truth leads them down a false path. And so despite my wife and I doing our very best to raise our children in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord, we're obviously concerned. I remember, I think it was a Wendy's restaurant. That would be appropriate. Me and Wendy sitting in Wendy's with our son Tanner. In Orlando, and saying there's two things you need to do, and you need to make it a priority. Number one, number one, you need to find a good Bible-believing ministry on campus and get involved on campus and get involved as soon as you can. Secondly, you need to check out some churches. We had given him the Calvary Chapel information, and he checked the Calvary Chapel out, but he ended up in another church. But what he did is he did those two things: find a ministry, get involved; find a church, get involved. And we are so proud he did both. Antioch Church, he became a part of, and over time he became the volunteer middle school director. 
We're so thankful to be able to share the Word of God with you here on The Living Word. Thanks for being a part of our listening audience. If you want to hear today's message again, please visit ccfstpete.church. You can also join in our Bible reading plan. Just look under the Resources tab on our website for more information. As we wrap up our time with you today, we'd like to take a moment to ask you to partner with us here on The Living Word. Would you join with us in praying for the listeners of this program? You might not realize how powerful prayer can be, especially during such uncertain times. There might be a listener who's really struggling, and God might stir in their heart a renewal of their faith simply by listening to this program. Please pray that each person who hears these messages would find encouragement. Just as we're reminded in Mark, God came to earth as a human, suffered in all the ways we do, and ultimately came to redeem each one of us. That's the takeaway we hope every listener gains from tuning in. Please pray for us also to seek God's will for this program and for it to continue to reach people in a powerful way. Thanks for praying with and for us. With that, we've come to the end of our time with you today. Thanks for joining us as Pastor Danny continued looking at the book of Mark. We hope that you'll tune in again right here on The Living Word.